Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Christensen, a brand strategist and creative director that helps service providers build high-touch brands that embody your mission, call in your dream clients, and amplify the impact you're here to make. From running a brand design studio to leading the creative team of an eight-figure startup, I've spent my entire career learning how to craft successful brands from the inside out. And now I'm here to share everything you need to know to build an in-demand brand. From strategic branding tips to powerful mindset shifts to conversations with guest experts, it's my intention to empower you with the most holistic resources and perspectives on branding so that you can build one that truly lasts. So let's dive in to the Embody Your Brand podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Embody Your Brand podcast. How are you doing? Can you believe that there are only a couple weeks left of 2023? I feel like this year has gone by so quickly. I also feel like it's gone at a snail's pace. I don't know how both are possible, but I'm feeling I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I am sitting down to record my last couple episodes of the year and I'm really excited for these. It's going to be good. But yeah, I guess like what else to share in terms of updates for you? I'm wrapping up one of my biggest client projects to date this week. It's this amazing, huge web design I'm doing for a client of mine, which has been so much fun and also a really exciting project to end the year on. I think it was a couple months ago when I announced that I was formally going to be integrating again a lot of my done-for-you brand creative services. And so it's been really fun to dive back into that full swing and help out my clients with that. And there's nothing quite like seeing someone just in awe over how their brand is presented online. It's one of those things for me where it really just fills me up with so much joy. And so it's so much fun to end the year on a project like that. And tomorrow I'm actually going to be heading out to Las Vegas to spend time with my family for the holidays. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I grew up in Las Vegas, so it's always fun for me to go back there and visit my hometown and especially see my family. And I don't know, I I just love this time of year so much. For my last two episodes of 2023, I wanted to share something that I'm personally doing or working on or something that I'm implementing myself to prepare for the year ahead. And what better way than to share 24 motivational mantras to supercharge your business in 2024? Now, these are actually all pulled from my notebook that I had with me at the business conference that I went to at the beginning of the month. I've referenced this event in the past couple of episodes, and I knew when I was there, I really wanted to share all of the juicy takeaways I got and things I learned from some really incredible people in the online business space. So as I was thinking about how I wanted to share those takeaways with you, I sat down and started going through my notebook and highlighting all of the things in there that I really wanted to share on the podcast with you. And as I was going through that, I realized that most, if not all of the things that I was highlighting are actually really powerful mantras. And 
I'm not making this up. I happen to have exactly 24 of them for 2024. It's a sign. I'm taking it as a sign and we're going with it. So I don't know how long it will take me to get through all of these, but I think I'm going to split this episode up into two parts just in case. And so as I'm going through these, if any of these mantras resonate with you, write them down. Repeat them daily, say them in a meditation, put them as a sticky note on your computer, or just write them down in the notes app on your phone if you need to, just for the reminder. Because I find that it's one thing to listen to an episode and listen to things and feel something in the moment. But for us to really implement these and integrate these into our lives, I think it's important to have that repetition and that reminder. So, For any of these that resonate with you, I highly recommend that you do that. Okay, let's dive in. I'm honestly, I'm starting this one off with a heavy hitter. I'm not holding back here. The first mantra is my worst case scenario no longer controls me. And this one is so powerful and something that I personally need to remind myself of constantly. And I wrote this down and took this away from a person named Lori Harder. And if you don't know who she is, she's absolutely amazing. She is the host of the Earn Your Happy podcast. She's an author and just an incredible entrepreneur. And I highly recommend just following her on Instagram. But Lori Harder was speaking and she had brought this point up and I instantly had to write this down. And like, I'm even getting like chills now thinking about this, but it's so powerful, right? And I think as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to let that control us. For example, if we have a new idea that we want to put out there, then let's say we're holding ourselves back in some way because we're nervous that no one's going to sign up or no one wants to like buy into this or or whatever sort of stories that we tell ourselves, I feel like it's so easy to immediately jump to the worst case scenario, right? I'm like raising my hand here because I do that often. And so something that Lori said was when it comes to your worst case scenario, always have a plan in case it happens so you can feel somewhat prepared, right? So for example, If no one signs up during my next launch, then I'm going to sell some one-on-one offers in the meantime and relaunch this program or product or course or whatever it is again in two months. So can you see how powerful it is just to think that through and have a plan? Because I think it's inevitable. We're going to go there to the worst case scenario just because that's how our brains are wired, right? And we are wired to make ourselves safe. And that can come across as a threat. I don't know why I feel like as I'm saying this to you, it's so straightforward, but always have a plan in case it happens. So you can ease that fear in your mind. And I think too, just say to yourself, I'm going to fail at some point. It will happen. It's inevitable. And the real key here, and this is something that Lori mentioned, is in the comeback. Treat every day like a fresh play. Treat everything that you're doing with a fresh perspective, with new eyes, and give yourself grace in those moments where things don't happen the way that you think they will. But like a lot of the time, this dialogue is going on in our heads before we've actually done the thing, right? So how do we have any idea that any of this will happen if we don't actually go out there and do it? 
And another thing that I wanted to share on this point was Lori had brought up this amazing metaphor and I love to share metaphors whenever possible because I feel like it's so much easier to learn and to really take a concept in. But think about turtles, like baby turtles when they hatch and they have to make their journey to the ocean, right? As an onlooker, in an experience like this, you see the turtles hatching, you're so excited for them, and then maybe you start to see them struggling a little bit. And like they're getting stuck in the sand or their little arms aren't strong enough to like keep them moving towards the ocean. But the thing is, if you pick them up and you carry them to the ocean, like they're not going to learn the things that they need to learn in order to swim and to survive. And the same thing is true for us as entrepreneurs. We have to go through some of the worst case scenarios, right? Or the hard times in business to help us succeed. And it's because we have to learn how to be strong to sustain the blessings that come with where we want to end up. So all of this to say, if this is something that you also have been struggling with, remind yourself my worst case scenario no longer controls me. It's powerful, guys. Alrighty, that was number one. Number two, on a different note, money loves speed. Now, this was said in conversations that I had with others throughout this weekend multiple times or from experts on the stage at least five or six times, right? And for me, if I hear something repeated two, maybe three times, it's enough for me to pay attention. But this was like double that. Okay, money loves speed. And the idea behind this is don't sit on an idea if you have it. And if you feel called to put something out there, it doesn't have to be perfect. And this one is a constant work in progress for me since I feel like I'm such a perfectionist. I can't tell you how many times I've prevented myself from putting something out there because it wasn't quite quote unquote perfect in my mind. But not only is that doing a disservice to me, that's doing a disservice to my audience because they need my help. And so this one is really powerful. In fact, a seven-figure CEO even said up on the stage once, this concept of money loves speed is one of the most important traits that's helped her reach seven figures in her business. So she's like, how quickly can we implement an idea or make it happen or put it out there and just be willing to fail? just so we can get like data alone from that. And so I really took that down and I'm like, you know what? It, it's true. The more quick we can implement things and ideas and put them out there, especially if we feel like they are promptings and something that we at least want to try and explore, like the quicker we'll know if it works or not, or if there's something that we need to tweak or not. And another thing too, I would say like a caveat on this point is to launch fast, but you don't have to rush creating it. It's so easy or it can be so easy to like put an idea out there, launch it out there, see if it resonates or not with your audience, but you don't have to rush creating it because I do believe that the quality of your offers and what you actually take your clients through is really important. So caveat there, but number two, money loves speed. Number three, the type of content you create is the type of people you'll attract. Let me say this one again. The type of content you create is the type of people you'll attract. And I love this one because one of the most common questions I get from my branding clients is, how do I attract my dream clients? 
And I see them a lot of time like putting content out there. They've got a great amount of content. But when it comes to their dream clients, I find that there's oftentimes this big disparity between what they're putting out there and what they're wanting to get back. I've thought about this a lot. And this concept actually made me think of how similar this is to choosing a place to eat for dinner. I, for one, am a big Yelper. I don't know if anyone else is saying yes, me too. But if I need to pick a place to go to dinner, or if someone gives me a few options to choose between, like I'm heading straight to Yelp. But anyways, think of your content has the menu on a restaurant in Yelp, right? And your audience Like they're the customers deciding whether to dine with you or not. Think it through like the variety and the quality and how well you present your content are like the dishes on that menu that's showing up in Yelp. And if you've got a spread that's diverse and appetizing and really hits a spot for your target audience's needs, they're likely going to be like, yep, this is the restaurant I'm going to. I want to dine here. But... If your menu is all over the place, like maybe you're trying to please everyone or like it doesn't make sense or maybe it's not presented in a way that's appetizing or enticing enough, like you might end up with a crowd that's a little bit scattered or not quite satisfied or maybe not a lot of customers coming through the door. When I'm on Yelp, I'll take note of the restaurants that do look good to me and I'll go to their Instagram for fun because I'm such a visual person. And if I like what I see, I'll even follow them, even if I'm not going to dine with them right now because I want to remember them for when I'm ready. And also, who doesn't love to open Instagram and see a beautiful dish? (laughs) I know I do. So all of this to say that is what your content should be doing. The type of content you create is the type of people you will attract. Do you want to, and there's no right or wrong here, but do you want to attract the fine diners? Do you want to be more approachable and do like a family meal or a kid's meal? Think that through and then tailor your content to that. I don't know, for me, it's always helpful to think about things in a different way because then it's maybe this new perspective will help you get unstuck in this area. So ask yourself, who are you talking to right now? And what type of content are you sharing right now? What is the quality of content that you're putting out there? And is it aligned with the type of client you're hoping to attract? Because it's really true. The type of content you create is the type of people you'll attract. Alrighty, on to number four. Being small, and I'm doing like air quotes around small, being small isn't a disadvantage. This one is huge. How many times have you felt insignificant or not an authority if you have like less than 10,000 followers on Instagram or like a double digit email list, right? Oftentimes we think that having a small audience or list puts or following even puts us at a disadvantage. But the truth is there's actually a really great competitive advantage to it. And you might be listening to me being like, Jesse, are you crazy? What actually could be good about that? And it's this, an intimate audience and attention. With a quote unquote smaller audience, you can make your content feel more personal. You can build a community faster easier and more authentically 
than someone with hundreds of thousands of followers, right? Like you can act like someone's BFF in the DMs and take the personal time and the personal touch to respond to everyone directly. A lot of these things are harder to do when you have tens of thousands of followers. You wouldn't be able to keep up. And a lot of people at that point delegate their Instagram and their engagement to someone else. So it's not really coming from them. And of course, it's great to work towards those bigger numbers and goals, but that doesn't necessarily equate impact, right? And so this was a helpful shift for me to remember. And actually, like when it comes to our brands, we can have so much more of a personal touch and feel when we have a quote unquote smaller audience. So I love this point because it's such a great mindset shift and perspective shift to actually be grateful for something that a lot of times people are trying to like move past. All right, number five. Oh, I love this one. My power is within me. It's so powerful. Let me say this again. (laughs) My power is within me. It's true. Your power lies within you and you alone. It can be so easy to get caught up in searching for the solution to our success outside of us. Oh, if I could just have a larger audience, for example, going back to the last point, or oh, if I could just have so-and-so's 12-step formula to success, or this email template, or this or that, then I'll get the success that I want. But that's so backwards because everything that we need is truly within us. And the beautiful thing about this is you can access your power whenever you want. It is never gone. It's always there. By human nature, we are infinitely powerful beings, right? More powerful than we even know. So this is something that we have 24-7 access to. And even if it feels like it's gone and we feel pretty powerless in a certain moment or scenario, we have the ability to call it back to us within a moment. We just have to remember that it's there. And so I would love for you to ask yourself, what if I'm actually this powerful? What if I'm able to reach this income goal that I have? Or what if I'm actually able to impact tens of thousands of people or whatever it is? And I want you to know it's true. You can't do it. Just remember that the power that you're searching for is within yourself. And this is something that I've explored a lot over the past year and things that have really helped me tap into this and access this are things like feeling love or gratitude or courage or bravery. Think back to those specific moments where you felt those things and you'll really be able to tap into that feeling. And when you operate from that place, especially from a place of gratitude, everything shifts the entire outcome shifts in your favor for you. Trust me, it's so beautiful, it's so powerful, and never ever forget that your power is within you. Okay, moving on to number six. Oh, I say this for everyone, but as I'm reading these again, they're all so good, you guys. Okay, number six, others want to listen to me. Oh, this is such a strong belief that will change the way that we show up and speak. How many times have you said or thought, nobody wants to listen to me, nobody cares, no one's liking my Instagram post or listening to my podcast episodes or signing up for my coaching program? Like, how many times have we said those things to ourselves? And how powerful can it be 
when we change the belief behind that to others want to listen to me and others are looking forward to listening to me. And this mantra, I wrote this down in my notebook as I was listening to someone named Tracy Goodwin. She is a voice coach that has worked with many speakers and entrepreneurs and was doing this exercise with us showing how powerful it can be when we really tap into our authority when we speak. And it's so powerful and we can do that better when we truly believe that others want to listen to us. And Tracy brought up something that I like starred three times in my notebook, which was no like and trust are these things we have for ourselves. Oh, so good. Seriously. I, I think especially in the space of branding, brands are so critical to build up that no trust factor, right? With our audience. And there's so much emphasis on that. But I've yet to hear someone say or flip the script and ask if these are things that we have for ourselves. Do we know, like, and trust ourselves? We have to let people in, right? And we have to trust that the listener is going to get what we have to say and understand it. But we also have to believe it ourselves. And this is why personal branding is so powerful because we're really able through the process to tap into that know, like, and trust of ourselves and communicate that outwardly. And it's just so palpable. Like seriously, for a moment, think about and imagine how our voice can change and be more powerful when we embody the belief that others want to listen to us. So this is if this is something that you feel like you've been struggling with a little bit, just try it on. Try thinking the next time before you share a story on Instagram or send an email off. Share whatever you have to share with the belief that others want to listen to you and see how that changes things for you. Okay, moving on to number seven. What you want is on the other side of two exchanges, time or money. And this is one that's a little bit more practical, but I think is really important for us as entrepreneurs to understand. Anything that we want, a certain goal or thing on our plate or off our plate or whatever is on the other side of two things, time or money. Are we willing to invest our time in something? Are we willing to invest our money in something? Are you willing to invest both, right? And if we aren't in a position to invest our money, then we need to carve out the time for it. And if we aren't in a position to invest our time, then we need to pay to outsource it. So think this through for a moment. This was more of like a thought exercise for me. Like, where is it the most valuable to spend your time? Focus your time there and outsource the rest. And a big caveat with this is don't just throw money at problems. I've tried to do this before. It doesn't work. Look at profitability. Think through, am I going to get a return on this investment? Is investing in this program or coach or resource or team member really going to help me hit the goals that I'm trying to hit in my business? And if yes, great, move forward with it. If not, maybe reconsider that, right? Especially like profitability is so important. This is brought up a ton at this conference, but people were saying like, sure, people might be making seven figures, but how much money did they spend to make that seven figures? 
how profitable are they? And it gets you thinking a little bit, right? Like I would rather have a really successful six-figure business that's profitable than a seven-figure business that's not very profitable. So anyways, this is more of a thought exercise and, and things to think about when we're really thinking about moving into 2024 and the goals that we want to hit. What we want is on the other side of two exchanges, time or money. And we have to figure out what's worth our time, where do we want to spend our time, and what might be worth delegating or cutting off if, it, if it's not worth the money for it, right? Cool. On to number eight. Don't superimpose your money blocks onto your clients. Oof, it's another really powerful one. I feel like we all can be guilty of this to a degree, right? Are you scared to raise your prices? Do you think that your people can't afford it. All these questions that come around money and feeling weird about charging for what we offer is a reflection of us, not them. Really think about that. How many times are we superimposing our own money blocks onto our clients? It's like, let's say you are Ticketmaster and you're automatically downgrading your clients to the nosebleed section of the concert without giving them a chance to choose the VIP experience, right? Let your clients decide where they want to sit by presenting your true value. Give them the options. Don't assume everyone is only looking for the cheap seats. Give them the chance to invest in a premium experience, right? And might I say, your ideal clients are the eager concert goers. They are the eager ones who are ready and excited to work with you and excited for the transformation they're going to have. And who's to say they haven't been saving up? Who's to say they don't have the money that you want to charge, right? And if you feel like you're not making the amount that you'd like to make in your business right now, there's a big chance it has to do with some of those money beliefs or blocks that we have, right? So maybe take some time to sit down if you're like, oh, yeah, I feel this one, Jesse. <laughs> sit down and see if you can identify what those are and then work through them and move past them. Because really, like when let's say maybe we're scared to raise our prices or we don't think anyone will buy from us if we're charging what we really want to charge. Like, how, how do you know that? Have you tried it? Have you implemented it? Just a thought there. But yeah. Oh, so powerful. Okay. We're getting close to the end here. Number nine, live from the overflow, not from scarcity, lack, or limitation. Oh, I love this. Live from the overflow. This was shared by Michael Beckwith. If you haven't heard of him, he is an absolutely incredible motivational speaker. He's a mindset and manifestation guru. He's like all the things. <laughs> I'd never heard about him before this event. And it was funny. I'd be like waiting in line for the bathroom and hearing people gush over him and be like, oh, Michael Beckwith is going to be speaking later today. I'm so excited. And I'm like, I, I didn't get the hype. Who is this? But once he got on stage, I was like, oh, I get it. He is absolutely incredible. And so he said, live from the overflow, not from scarcity, lack, or limitation. And I think this actually could speak to a lot of the points that I've shared so far in this episode. But we have so much to be grateful for. We have so much going for us. And it's all how we see things, right? And so living from the overflow, like when we do that, we're just going to, I think, A, feel so much happier, but B, have so much more come to us, right? And Michael Beckwith has said this other quote too that I have written down here that's just absolutely incredible. 
which is worrying is like paying interest on money you haven't borrowed. Oh, that is so true. I can be a big worrier sometimes. And I think it's because I care so much. And it's like he says, it's like paying interest on money you haven't borrowed because you're worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. Oh, it's so powerful and so good. So I I know this is one for me, especially that I'm going to be keeping in mind and, and repeating a lot in 2024 is live from the overflow, not from scarcity, lack, or limitation. Okay, on to the next one. Number 10, your greatest ability is availability. This is another Michael Beckwith quote. He oftentimes says a lot of really cool things with alliterations or rhymes, and I thought this was one of them. And for this one, I'll, I'll keep it brief because we're going to wrap up this episode soon, but your greatest ability is availability. Think about that for a moment. Are we available for inspiration? Are we truly available to answer the needs of our clients? You know, it's so important to give ourselves space to receive whatever God or the universe or your higher self wants to connect with you on right? Be available for these downloads. Be available for this inspiration because that's where we're really going to get the ideas and the motivation, the power, the insights to make incredible moves in our lives and in our businesses. I definitely am on my calendar going to be blocking out some more time to be available, to listen to whoever or whatever needs me in the moment. Okay, two more left. Number 11, remove the pressure. This one I need to have tattooed on my forehead. Remove the pressure. Have freaking fun with what you're doing and you're building and you're creating. It's such a theme in this, but really, it's putting pressure on ourselves keeps us from performing to the best of our abilities. And no one else is putting the pressure on us, likely, most likely, stronger than ourselves, right? And so remember to have fun. It's so incredible that we have the ability and the freedom to create a business and not just create a business, but to continually implement and create and solve problems and work on things. And not a lot of people have this opportunity. And being entrepreneurs is something that we chose for ourselves. So let's remember to make it fun. Let's remove the pressure for a moment. Some pressure is good. And to be honest, I perform very well under pressure. But when we remove the pressure, that's where we're really able to be in the present and enjoy the journey and enjoy what we're building rather than just like hustling so hard until it's built, right? Oh, so that was such a good reminder. And okay, number 12, this will be the last one for this episode. Make sure you tune into next week's episode to hear the other 12, especially if you've enjoyed this so far. I know it's almost like little mini podcasts in one big podcast because the topics can be so varied, but I'm having so much fun doing this. All right. Number 12, let your problems become opportunities. Test, experiment. When we have problems in our business, it's the time for us to really look at it and get some data and figure out what's not working for us. And I love this so much. Let your problems become opportunities. Because it's all about how we look at things. We can look at things as problems or we could look at things as opportunities. And I don't know about you, but I, for one, would much rather look at something that maybe is not going the way that I would want it to as an opportunity rather than as a problem. Do you feel that shift when you think about it in that different way? As I think about this too, it 
might sound silly, but does anyone here do puzzles with their families like around this time of year? I don't know why, but I feel like puzzles are really popular to do around the holidays because it's indoors. It's like a cozy wintry activity and But anyways, I feel like a lot of the challenges we may face as coaches or creative service providers is say it's like not making enough sales or creating content that our audience doesn't engage with or whatever else we see as a problem in our business. I like to think of those as pieces of a puzzle that haven't quite clicked yet. And rather than like trying to testing out a puzzle piece and putting it into the puzzle and it's not working, like instead of viewing that as a problem, it's a great way to, okay, this piece doesn't go here. There's something that's not right with it, but see it as an opportunity to solve what's not working. And I think of this big puzzle piece, let's say it's those like thousand piece puzzle pieces, right? (laughs) Sometimes business can feel like that, but like each missing piece is a chance to refine our strategy, right? Or adjust our approach. And eventually we'll have this complete picture. But if something isn't working, don't just scrap it right away. Ask yourself why. Maybe you might have to zoom out a little bit to get a clearer picture of the actual, the big puzzle to identify what's missing. Or maybe you have to zoom in on a micro level and look at the individual piece and the shapes and the curves to look for one that will fit. You know, as entrepreneurs, it's our job to solve problems. That's really what our job is. Our job is to solve problems. Not only our clients' problems, which is important, we want to help them out, but also our businesses' problems. Like all the best entrepreneurs, all the top ones, like the people on how I build this or whatever, they have this approach. They see problems as opportunities. And it's so important to remember, especially if you're someone right now who's feeling like they're in the middle of a problem or they're working at something and they haven't quite figured it out. That's okay. Don't give up. Maybe zoom out a little bit. Maybe you need to zoom in. Treat this as a puzzle. And you have the piece. You have the right piece there. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of trial and error and testing and experimentation to figure out what does fit. All right, and that concludes the 12 mantras for this episode. I'm just going to go share them one after the other just for a quick little review. And and then, of course, keep in mind that next week will be part two where I will share the other 12. So you could have 24 mantras to really help superpower you and supercharge your business for the new year. Okay, going through the 12 mantras, just one after the other. Number one, my worst case scenario no longer controls me. Number two, money loves speed. Number three, the type of content you create is the type of people you'll attract. Number four, being small isn't a disadvantage. Number five, my power is within me. Number six, others want to listen to me. Number seven, what you want is on the other side of two exchanges, time or money. Number eight, Don't superimpose your money blocks onto your clients. Number nine, live from the overflow, not scarcity, lack, or limitation. Number 10, your greatest ability is availability. Number 11, remove the pressure. And number 12, let your problems become opportunities. Alrighty, thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate you. Happy holidays and... Merry Christmas to those who celebrate and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.
that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here, following along, and supporting the podcast. If you found this episode insightful or helpful in any way, I would absolutely love it if you gave this podcast a five-star rating and review. I know I say this time and time again, but it really helps me get the podcast out there to those that need it most. So if you could take just two seconds to do that right now, I would really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to snag the brand attraction blueprint at jesse-christensen.com forward slash blueprint. This is the exact step-by-step process that my clients are using to generate hot leads, book their dream clients, and then get on the path to consistent 10K months and beyond. There is nothing left out in there. It really is step-by-step. And you can grab yours today at jesse-christensen.com forward slash blueprint. With that said, thank you so much again for being here and I will see you in next week's episode. Take care.